Welcome to the Dental Implant Podcast with your host, Pav Kara, your source of knowledge for all things relating to dental implants. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you learned something valuable. I hope. Right, I believe now we're recording. So uh, <laughs> welcome back to the Dental Implant Co- Podcast with uh, myself, Pav Kara. Um, I am very honored today to have uh, a friend of mine coming uh, coming on to, to discuss um, uh, how he got into implant dentistry and uh, his thoughts on career progression, and I'm going to chime in as well. Um, I'd like to introduce you to Farhan Ahmed, who is dual qualified, and I believe your practice is purely limited to to implants is that correct that's great Pat. yeah and you do uh, um you do mentoring teaching and uh, there's uh, full arches and i've seen the quality of your work it's just inspiring is you know i love i love looking at it because it's like okay i know what i know that's the type of work that i need to be gunning for now so um what i'm going to do is i'm going to let fran uh, just explain a little bit more about himself and then we will jump in and start discussing kind of like how to get into implants how to progress in your career um i want to touch uh, a few bits on um a, a lot, some of the mistakes a lot of novices get when they're first starting to implants i know fran Wants to talk about mindset and uh, and mentoring and just building that confidence. So, Fran, if you could please just introduce yourself a little bit more, that would be great. Thank you very much, Paul. Thank you for your kind words. Basically, to introduce myself is I'm an implant dentist and I have a real passion for education and training. And it all started really when I was sort of 16, deciding on a career path, and I grew up. Uh, you know, from a Pakistani background and doing well at school, you, you were sort of the decision was there to be made. What do you go? And I didn't want to follow the typical, stereotypical path of doing medicine. So I did dentistry along with a number of friends from my class. So I did dentistry. It was it was good. I enjoyed it. I, I really did enjoy dentistry. But when I was doing some house jobs in dentistry, maxillofacial facial surgery, I was really inspired by the colleagues I worked with. And I also thought to myself, what next? I want more. And I went to then follow a path and did medicine. And I studied four years postgraduate program in Liverpool. And then subsequently, I did two years as a general uh, sort of junior doctor in hospital. And that was great as well. And, And in the back of my mind, I always had it. I'm doing medicine because I have a passion for learning, furthering myself. But I have the option to pursue a career in maxillofacial surgery if that's what I wanted. But, you know, I got married and the decision had to be made. What path do I want to follow? And I looked at it and I looked at the colleagues around me and I just wanted more control. Control to do what I want uh, with my life and have, have autonomy. And just things fell into place. And I had an opportunity to buy a small uh, referral practice, which I did as a junior doctor. I ran that at weekends. And during the week, I would work as a junior doctor. And then as my two-year program as a junior doctor finished, I had the option to join a partnership, a group of dental practices. And, you know, I felt the stars aligned and I took that leap. It all went well. And unfortunately, the, the, the partnership didn't work out. And I went my own path. But naturally, looking back at my experience, I've always been very much a surgical dentist. And so through dental school, I was focused on surgery. Through medicine, I kept in touch with my dental foundation, 
working in practices, doing oral surgery and doing on-calls in MaxMax. So I've been someone that's always been just done surgical dentistry and had very little sort of experience within general dentistry, so root treatments, orthodontics, you know, cosmetic work. That's not me. I, I'm a surgical dentist. And then so once I came out of a medical practice, it was natural for me to go into surgical dentistry. So I did a lot of oral surgery and I utilized my skills as a, a doctor. I did a lot of sedation. So I was doing oral surgery clinics, doing sedation, and I was peripatetic doing sedation for a lot of clinicians. And then I had and I developed a network of people, of clinicians, and I found what next? You know, I wanted to do more, more with my skills and fine-tune skills. So it was a natural progression for me into implant dentistry. And that was back in sort of 2010, 2011. And I was fortunate because the, the part, group of part, uh, dental practices uh, I, I bought with uh, my business partner, still my business partner, Abbott, and he's very well experienced in implants. And he was the first person to really support me in my implant journey. So started with implant, simple implants, but I watched him do a lot of full arch. And, and then it sort of progressed into simple implant dentistry more and more. And I felt that I put my oral surgery and the sedation sides it's sort of a down the pecking order, focused more and more on implant dentistry, upskilled, pushed it on, on until about four years ago, I became implant only. And sort of in the last year, now I'm much more geared towards doing complex full arch work, grafting work exclusively. And it's just been a progression and I've been fortunate. The people I've met along the way, the people that have inspired me, mentored me, and have led me into this path. So I'm implant only, focusing on more complex works of full arch and grafting, and fortunate that I'm I'm now able to mentor a lot of colleagues and help them on a similar journey. So hopefully get them to do what I do, but faster, because I, I've gone through ups and downs and made mistakes, but I'm hoping that I'm able to get them where I am at the same level, if not beyond the level I'm at, and without the, the mistakes that I've I've made, I'd not, like to think not too many mistakes, but if, if it can be avoided, great. See, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting because your career progression into implants is different, is, is actually quite very different from mine. Um, because, uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not dual qualified. I think from a professional level, not doing max facts is one of my biggest regrets, but I'm 42 now. I'm not going to go back and do medicine. Um, but for me, when I first, uh, uh, when I first graduated, um, very quickly, I went into, um, uh, I went into uh, uh, general dentistry and purchased my own practice within about three years or so. Uh, one of the things that I found is I wasn't a good businessman and I was making a lot of mistakes and losing a lot of money uh, in, uh, when I owned my practice. And because of that, I was constantly trying to add more skills in. So I was learning big, how to do big restorative cases. I was learning how to, um, uh, how to do ortho. I was learning how to do facial aesthetics. I was learning how to do surgical perio. And in fact, implants was very low on my list because I didn't enjoy surgical dentistry. And a big aspect of that is I didn't have the knowledge and confidence. And um, after, after a few years, it got to the point where I was just bored doing the other stuff. And I just 
I started with restoring implants and found out actually I quite liked it. Then I started learning about implants. Then I started placing about implants. And then all of a sudden for me, it was like, well, actually, you know what? This is a huge passion. I love this because implants takes into consideration everything else. You have to understand the surgical side. You have to understand the perio side. You have to understand the restorative side. You've got to understand the, the, the biological side as well. And then from that, I progressed into my mclin den and uh, and i just continue to learn and, and and do courses um now i am what you refer to as a risk taker so my, my my second my second solo case after after i completed my um uh, implant course and that was with rich brookshaw and bob mcclelland it was mm -hmm. a dual dual on four the second solo case that I was doing. So it's, you know, for, for, for me is there are, uh, and because of that, I've landed myself into hot water more times than that I would, what that I would have liked to. So a little bit later, fine, what I'd like to do is I'd like to discuss with you, as you've already touched on this, and, and I agree with you as well, the mentoring aspect is so underrated, and it is really something that needs it needs a lot, a lot more stressing, and it needs a, a lot more uh, structure to it as well. Yeah, I agree, and I wouldn't be where I am if I didn't have the support and the mentoring of the people that I met along my journey, and there's still, a number of them are still a part of who I am and, and, and help me to this day, and you never lose that connection. And so from day one, uh, my business partner, Abid, helped me, and I worked with him for years. So every the one day a week that he was in the clinic doing implants in our clinic, I'd be there by his side. And that mm -hmm. happened for years, and I'd work on, on my own as well, but that day that he was there, I was, I was there right by his side. And so that initial state, it was years I was mentored. I'd work on my own, but I'd always go back. Yeah. And then sort of, I, w I was sort of a bit more experienced, sort of five years into doing implants, I was fortunate to meet another colleague, George, who I worked really closely with. Again, I was by his side for years. And fortunate that he taught me so much. And I wouldn't be here without these people and others that have influenced the clinician I am today. And I wasn't mentored for five cases, 10 cases. I was mentored for tens maybe hundreds of cases. And even to this day, I was speaking to a colleague recently and I said, you know what, in a year's time, I'd love to get someone I really look up to and pay them and come and watch me doing a full large or doing a more complex full large case and critique me because it's, it's on this quest of just perfecting our technique, getting better all the time. This is what we have to do. And we're never too good to be mentored. We're never too good to be critiqued. And we're never too good to have someone give their feedback on the work we're at. Uh, and that's really important to me. Important to me. And, I, and when I teach and when I mentor other colleagues, I said, this is just the start. You're always going to have to be mentored. And, and on, on the, the program that I teach, I sort of uh, working on your mindset, working on the theoretical aspect of full art and plant treatment, then there's one-to-one -one mentoring. Then when you feel that you're able to treat some cases, not every case, but some cases are within your competency, we can move on to the next stage, step five, which is virtual mentoring. And you never don't need a mentor. You always need someone to bounce ideas off. You can call them a mentor, you can call them a friend. Yeah. One thing you touched on there, which uh, really stands out to me, 
particularly listening to the words that you're using, is even now, somebody who's experienced yourself, you've got a very open mindset. You are open to critique. You are open to learning. That very much comes down to, to mindset. You know, for me, I enjoy learning. I, en I enjoy critically appraising papers. I, I, I love reading textbooks. I love going on courses. I love sitting down and, 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 and just chatting to mates about, you know, what do you think of this? What do you think of this? And for me, it's that is a mindset that I've developed over time. But it sounds like you've got a similar mindset as well. And could you expand on that in terms of if people are just getting into implants or they're early in their career and they want to progress, uh, how do you think their mindset should be set so that they get the best out of their career? So there's two different types of mindset. You talk about fixed mindset or a growth mindset. You need to be of a growth mindset. That everything you do is all about growth, development, being better every day and progression. And when you encounter problems or challenges, that you twist the, the, the difficulty or the failure you face and you learn from it. You don't see it as someone knocked you down. You see it as an opportunity to get better. Someone identified some way of making things better. And, and so if I got you in to watch me doing work path, I'd say, right, what did you think? How could I be better? And they will, I all, I'm always looking for opportunities to learn from other colleagues. And a lot of the time, I'm in, I'm in visiting a clinic, working with a colleague as the supposed expert. But that's not the case. I walk in, and it's important that I'm, I'm, I come across humble. I'm there to learn equally, and I'm always looking to pick up tips. And I think that is, that is critical for growth, for development, and for progression, that you, as an individual, always want to look for ways to improve where you're at and develop. And when you're hit with setbacks, you don't see them as a setback, but you see them as an opportunity to get better and grow. Uh, and I think that is critical, and not just within surgical dentistry, but in all aspects of dentistry. Otherwise, it can knock you for six, and you lose confidence, and confidence is critical. And as you go up the chain of complexity of work, you need confidence. You need confidence. You need to uh, portray and, and ooze confidence in front of the patient. Not arrogance, confidence. So the patient has that trust in you when you walk into the room, this is the person that's going to do my treatment. And, and, and you've got to gain that trust from the patient in, in minutes that they feel comfortable that you're doing your absolute best to look after them and you will do whatever it takes to get to them, get them the outcome that they desire. And they, they have, you, have to, you have to gain their trust and, and that comes down to confidence and how you portray, uh, portray that to the patient. I agree with that entirely, and I think not only uh, not only confidence in front of patients, but confidence when you're undertaking surgery as well. Um, for example, when I'm working at, at Eva, my standard day is, is is a dual arch. Now, that type of work is it's mentally and physically very draining. It's very very yeah. draining. Now, what I need to do is, is if I'm undertaking treatment and I want to expose the mental nerve, I can't be like, oh, I think the mental nerve's here. I'll just have a little bit of a push. Or, you know, if I'm doing a mucoplasty in the upper arch, it's, you know, if, is, if I, because uh, I've had it once or twice where I've hit the greater palatine artery, it, it bleeds like hell. It really bleeds a lot. Yeah. And you need the surgical confidence to be able to go, right, I know how to deal with this is what we do. The worst thing that we can do, and this, again, comes down to, to mental 
mentoring and understanding what to do in these cases is to panic. And one thing, there was a great YouTube video where, where, where it, it, was, it was a neuroscientist who was saying that when we get stressed and anxious, we tend to hold our breath. When we hold our breath, our brain doesn't function properly. So you need that nice, even during surgery, I'm constantly focusing that nice rhythmic breathing in and out. Um, uh, and so, yeah, confidence in front of patients, because when you start doing a lot of implants, to us, it's just, it's just another day. We're just doing an implant on a upper six or whatever it is. But to a patient, it's a very big deal. And they mm -hmm. need to feel that confidence coming from you. And I think yeah. uh, another mistake a lot of uh, uh, dentists make when they're trying to get into implants is they think, right, I'm going to do this course it's one day a week over 12 months by the end of it i'll be able to do 90 percent of cases that, that, that's just not the case at all the way that i liken it is kind of like once you once you graduate with your bds is that gives you a license to start learning and do that initial course in implants it's a license to start learning in implantology and it has to be a commitment to what level that's up to you but it needs to be a commitment otherwise you're going to be limited with regards to what you can do yeah i agree Pat. And a couple of points that I want to take up that you mentioned is one, in terms of confidence, especially as, as the clinician coming in to mentor, if you're not coming across confident and assured in what you're doing, then how is that going to relate to the clinician that you're mentoring? So again, so important that you come across with confidence, you have confidence in what you're teaching. So the right people, you have the right people mentoring you that, that instill confidence in you as a mentee as well. Uh, that, that that's really really uh, important and yeah that, 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 that's a point I wanted to make about uh, sort of confidence as a mentor confidence as a clinician with the patient uh, and confidence in doing uh, more complex uh, treatments for me in terms of a mentor that's that that's actually quite a flexible term you know is if I find somebody on uh, even on Facebook or Instagram where they're putting up good cases and I can look at them, for me that's still a mentor. A mentor can also be a mate that I work with who's got more experience than me. For example, I, uh, I worked with Avik Dandapat for a while and he used to say, Pav, come watch me do my surgery. He said, I've been doing this a long time. He said, stand by me, watch how I do it and I'll explain how I do it. You can also have uh, uh, formal mentoring arrangements as well. Um, and I've had formal mentoring arrangements for people who are mentoring me and I mentor others as well. But from your perspective, is, is if somebody was wanted to get into implants or they wanted to progress, what should they look for in a mentor? What would you, what would you say are, are, are the key factors that I should be asking, right, I want to learn this, I'm looking for a mentor, how do I go about finding that mentor? I think it comes down to to a number of things. It's a two-way relationship and both people need to win. So your mentor needs to be happy and the mentee needs to be happy about every single arrangement. You need to get on. You need to be able to sort of feel comfortable and the mentor needs to be comfortable working with you and you need to be comfortable with the mentor. What else to look for? I mean, what else are they doing for you? I think as a mentor, it's not just about teaching a procedure. Now, when I work with colleagues, the first thing I talk about is mindset and the belief and where is it that they want to go. So it's it's almost a sort of hour, two hour long discussion. Where are you? Where do you want to go? How can we get you there? What environment do you work on? Because I can't mentor everybody. And sometimes they're not the right person 
uh, to mentor for me anyway. And so it's having that background about a mentee and really getting to know them as a person, know their environment and, and understand their goals. And then when these things are aligned, then, then you can start to build on a mentee-mentor relationship. And, and it has to be a contract. Uh, it has to be a contract where you will then review progress at set, set times, six months, 12 months. And it's not a matter of, you know, I speak, to, I speak to clinicians all the time and they're like, yeah, I want to do this. I was like, okay, where are you working? Where do you want to go? And, and, they, and then they maybe approach me and talk about full arch. I'm like, so what are you doing at the moment? And they're so far away from doing sort of full arch treatment. And are they in the right environment to do full arch? So doing one or two, three or four full arch cases a year, you're not the person to... Why not? Really, it's not enough because you'll just get found out. You know, the first three, four that you get mentored might go well. But if you do the next case after sort of like four or five months, it's, it's, your skill level isn't there. I, I, and I know my I go for two weeks and then come back and I start placing implants. You're a bit rusty. It's because it's, it's that memory is it needs reinforced every day. Every day you, you want it reinforced. And to put most of the cases I'm doing now, I'm mentoring clinicians. So I'm actually not doing the work. But earlier on in the week, I had a case to do myself. And I was a bit anxious. I was like, when was the last flood I did by myself? And it was weeks ago. And, 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 and it just comes down to that. Where, yeah, really. I was like, wow, I, I feel a bit, because I can't remember the last one I did myself. And, and, and what gives me confidence in, in the work I do is I'm able to help clinicians do work. And, I, and then it, generally the case goes well. And I look at it and go, great. And we're all human. We all want reinforcement that what we're doing is, is right and it, and, it, and it's good and, and the outcome is right. So when, 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 you're, when me as a clinician, I'm able to help other clinicians do a level of work, get the outcome, and, and then we take the final x-ray and it, and it looks really, you know, satisfied with the look. It's a great feeling as a, as a clinician, as a mentor, to look at it and go, wow, I have indirectly done this case, but I didn't yeah. pick up the alcohol. I didn't place those implants. They did it. But I had a small part to play in that person uh, doing that, that clinician doing that, and that uh, patient getting the best outcome possible. Uh, and so, so that, that's what I would say in terms of mentor, mentee. It, it's, such a, it, it's such a hot topic, and, and, and it's so important. And, you know, and to summarize, mentors, multiple people, have made me the clinician I am, and I wouldn't be where I am without them, and I'm a big believer in, in, in having the right mentors around you uh, to develop. And I, th I, I think that's right. Is, you know, a lot of people think, oh, you know, I'll just, I just need one mentor. That's, that's not right. You know, it's, it's people have got different skill sets. You know, people are better at different things. Um, and there's no harm in having a number of different mentors for, 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 for different aspects. <clears throat> you know, it's, um, uh, I consider Howie Gluckman from South Africa one of my mentors because, you know, he's, you know I've, I've done a couple of his courses. If I'm stuck on a case, I can send it over to him and say, Howie, what do you think? The way that he approaches it and the results that he gets are, is, is just exquisite, you know. At Evo, uh, I'm fortunate to have Rudy as my mentor. Now, Rudy's been doing full arches all day, every day for the best part of like five, six years. The amount of wealth that he can give to me. And when I started at Evo, 
it, it was very much to start with, right, watch how I do it. Let me explain how I do it. Because I was doing all on four and full arches externally, but I, it goes back to what you were saying a few, a few minutes ago. I was doing a handful a year. And it was really stressful. You couldn't sleep the night before thinking, have I planned it properly? Have I got everything in place? And uh, when, you get, when you get immersed in it and you start to, and, and you've got somebody over your shoulder uh, who says to you, right, watch me do it, then I'm going to watch you do it. But if I think that you're doing it wrong, I'm just going to step in versus I think you're okay. I'll be in the next room if you need me. And then having to call them in quite frequently. Then it goes to you don't have to call them in very frequently. Then it gets to the point where you can do most of your cases. But you can still, I can still sit down with him and say to him, right, what do you think of this case? What could I have done better? Because I constantly want to improve myself. So there is absolutely a case of, uh, having multiple mentors in different fields, uh, and I think I think that's probably a, a wise way to do things. Yeah, and, and you're fortunate, and I suppose it goes back to that point. So you work in an environment where you've got other clinicians that you potentially look up to, or inspire you to do better work, and and that's what I say to clinicians want to start an implant dentistry. You don't want you know there's some clinicians that are young and they start off in a single-handed practice, and I'm like. That is not, no way that would be the right environment. You want to be in a big team where you have people that you can look up to and learn from. And it's the same with the implant dentistry. If you're starting off, you, you want to get involved in a practice where it's just next door. There's a guy doing grafting. He's placing implants on a regular basis. He's doing full arch. He's dealing with complications. He's restoring implants. And so, and so when, when we do that initial chat, when we're building up that mentee-mentor relationship, that's why I need to know what environment you work in. Because if you're single-handed, working in the north of Scotland, isolated, then it's challenging. It is challenging. Yeah, yeah. and you've touched on this a, a couple of times. You're you're very much keen on understanding the goals of the people who who, who want you as a mentor, and I think having having the goal of well, you know what, such and such person does a lot of implants, they charge this much, it must be really profitable. I don't think that's a good goal to have. You know, I think. People, a lot, a lot of people mistakenly get into implants thinking that it's quick money. It's not. No. There's a, there's a huge learning curve. Massive, massive. Uh, I've been doing implants now eight years, maybe nine. And mm -hmm. it's just like one day it just clicks and it just becomes so, so natural to you to place implants. But it takes, it takes years to get there. And it's a nice place, and, and people like to call it flow. So you you're really in a state of flow when you, you you're doing this work, and it's a lovely feeling when everything just flows. Uh, but it takes years, and it's not a quick buck. It is financially rewarding, but that can't be your focus. Just like anything we do, we're professionals. We are doing the work we do for for it should ultimately be patient care. We are doing work, and it should be driven by patient care. Money is a side effect of everything simple yeah and i think uh, another mistake people make is 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 they look at people thinking oh well you know they're traveling from practice to practice uh doing big big uh implant cases uh traveling from practice to practice firstly brings its own headaches um because even if there's something simple like a healing abutment that's loose they want you to come back and if it's 200 miles away you have to go um and i think the the other issue that the, the, the other mistake that people make is is and you alluded to this earlier as well people think 
you build it up like that. You said earlier when you started, it took you years to build up a network that you could then springboard from. You know, getting get to a point where you're working in multiple practices, just placing implants, because I've been stung by this. Yes, Pav, can you start at our practice? We're really busy. You go there, you have one busy month because they've got a backlog of patients waiting to be seen. Then all of a sudden you're going there, there's no patients, and you're sat there twiddling your thumbs, wasting your time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we've all been there, and uh, it, it's that sort of process of uh, finding places that you want to work. And what I'd say about being peripatetic, I had to do it. I was based in Scotland. The work just isn't there, and there's a lot, you know, better clinicians than me based up in Scotland. They had the referral practices, and they were doing the work. For me to upskill and get better and increase my numbers, I had to travel, and Initially, back sort of about four years ago, I took a job up in Yorkshire and I'd come down every two weeks. And quite quite quickly, I realised for me to get where I wanted to achieve my goals and fulfil my ambitions, I had to travel. I had to be peripatetic. And it, it has its challenges. Uh, but like anything, it also, working in different practices with different teams all the time, makes you better. And it, it's, again, I don't see it. Uh, yeah, it's a challenge but it's also an opportunity to be better. And so that's what I would say, working with different teams, different practices makes you adapt. And when you're able to adapt like that, you become better. Uh, also, uh, working with uh, different implant systems makes you better. One of the big yeah. jumps I've made in my career is switching systems and working with multiple systems makes you a better implant dentist and not just sticking to one system. I don't believe one system fits all. I use multiple different implant systems and it's these little things, uh, as a mentor, this is what I talk about. I talk about things that I've, in my career, that, that I look back on now and I've, as I've deconstructed, what were the little things or tweaks that I made or the, or the challenges, obstacles that I came across that made me better? And at that time, I didn't see it as becoming better. I saw, that's a pain, that's a real difficulty. You know, being away from family for two or three days at a time. Yeah. I've been away for three days now, and I'm going home up to Glasgow after this. All these things, they make you better, and that's the way you've got to see it. And it's back to that sort of growth mindset. You've just got to put in the work, and you just got to go where you've got to go. And, and, and that's, what, that's what I'm doing at the moment. And for anybody up, coming in, you will, you will not. It'll be very hard to really... Upskill with an implant dentistry, just being in one practice, uh, a small a small practice, two three surgeries, expecting to really upskill, you just won't get the numbers. It's as simple as that. Yeah, I, I think for people who, who want to get into implants but don't want to go practice to practice is for them, kind of doing the simple, basics, you know, single implants that absolutely they can build up that skill set quite quickly. And then they can, they can refer out the complex, you know, quadrants, sextants, uh, grafting and sinus procedures and things along those lines. And in fact, uh, I would probably say is the single implant is probably uh, the, the, the most profitable per hour because like now it, it, it if I've got a healed up a six site you know it's 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 a it's a five minute job but it's taken like 12 years to get to the point where I can do it in five minutes and you know it's when I was first doing placing implants in a healed ridge I'd book out three hours and then I'd slowly get it down to two and a half hours then two hours and then all of a sudden that implant wouldn't take and you've got an angry patient then you've got to redo it 
it at your own cost. So there is a, a learning curve that, that goes with this, and I, I agree with you. I think if you want to uh, uh, really progress in your career, you do need exposure to it in multiple different practices. If you wanted to add a little bit to your bottom line, absolutely start off with the, start off and stick to the simpler ones and get somebody else in to do the more, the more complex stuff, because that will actually probably be more uh, uh, more profitable for you. And, and what I would say in terms of starting off and, and getting into implant dentistry, there's something that every clinician who wants to start their journey in implant dentistry can do right now, and that's upskill and start doing more surgical dentistry. Yeah. The foundation to implant dentistry is sound oral surgery skills, and there yes. is nothing stopping you doing that immediately. Get the kit, get the setup ready, the right kit, not sort of random bits in bags in different rooms. Get the right surgical kit, get a surgical motor, get a surgical aspirator, get yourself some loops, get magnification, get a light, and start taking out teeth surgically and upskill, because that is the foundation. And that's why yeah. my progression into implant dentistry was smooth, because I was sound surgically, because that's all I did. Oral surgery, yeah. surgery, that's all I knew. I did that for 10, 10 plus years before I went into really went into implant dentistry. And it was an easy transition. And my progression through implant dentistry has been pretty fast because the foundation has been solid. And so yeah. that's what I say to anybody wanting to start off, just start with the basics, the basics, the foundations of implant dentistry, which is sound surgical skills and surgical management yeah. of the patient. Uh, and and yeah. nothing's wrong you doing that tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, you can you can even get little boards where where, where it's got like a sample soft tissue that you can practice suturing skills on at home. You know that that that's how I used to practice uh, uh, suturing skills. Uh, I went to <laughs> I went to my local butcher. <laughs> I got pigs heads and sheep's heads, and I was practicing surgical skills on them. Where I was like, you know, what? They're, they're not going to complain. And uh, I did exactly what you were saying. As, as I mentioned, is to start with, I was very uncomfortable with surgery, and I was like, right, I'm just gonna, you know, I'm just going to um, uh, start surgically taking teeth out and slowly slowly confidence starts to build and as you do courses and as you do cadaver workshops as you learn more your confidence starts to skyrocket and then it really pushes to another level when you have a mentor because the mentors will teach you the little tips and tricks which will take months if not years off your learning curve and it's, sometimes it's as simple as you know what don't use that instrument use this one push that instrument like this not like this this is what you're looking for. You're you're pushing in the wrong wrong uh, wrong position, or you know if 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 you're drilling like this, use this protocol because that's going to uh, increase your success rate. For me, that's what mentors are. As you quite rightly said, they teach you what they've learned, so you don't make the mistakes, and so that your learning curve is faster than than what theirs is. That's what a good mentor for me does. Yep, they hold your hand and help you go further faster. So, Fran, it's, um, uh, I think we've, we've covered quite a, a, decent, uh, a decent amount here. Is, is, is there anything else that, that you wanted to cover? So, so around sort of a implant dentistry, getting started, the best times today, actually the yeah. best time is probably a year or two years for a lot of people, but the next best time is tomorrow. And don't think that you need the patience. You just need the intention and focused intention and set yourself goals and then work work every day and it's not about working hard every day it's slow and steady uh, building skill building a network 
uh, having people you look up to, and then over time, uh, having the right mentors around you uh, and the people to support you. And don't let anybody tell you you can't do it, because if I can do it, you can do it. It's not difficult. It just takes time. It takes effort. Uh, it takes investment. But we'll all get there. And we're all on a path. And don't worry about what other people are doing. Just stay on your own path uh, and stay focused yes. on your path and where you want to go. Uh, and and that, that, that's the most important thing, uh, because we're often distracted by uh, social media, what other people are doing. Don't. Just be focused on your own path. We're all on different journeys. And if you just want every day, a little bit at a time, you'll progress. I think a dangerous thing about social media is the dentist will only put the 5% of their perfect cases up. They won't show the 80% of average cases and they're certainly not going to show you the 10% of, uh, of failures. <laughs> you know, there's very few people who are willing to show their failures and those are the best people to learn from. Yeah, we, we all, we all uh, have complications. We all have, if you do enough implants, we encounter failures. I have implant failures, I have challenging cases, cases that don't go well. Uh, but again, back to having a growth mindset, there are opportunities to improve. What, what did I do wrong in this case? Was it me? Was it the patient? Or, or was, was it something else? And how can I avoid this the next time? Uh, I, I, but yeah, absolutely, we've, we've, we've all got failures, challenges, difficult cases. Uh, and it's inevitable. Yeah, so I think I think the take-home uh, message is for anybody who wants to get into implants or anybody who is in implants and wants to progress, uh, you need the correct mindset, you need the intention, uh, you need to invest the money into equipment and education, you need uh, a, a really good mentor or mentors, and you also need to be exposed to enough of it because it, you know if you're doing two implants per year you're not going to gain the skills to be able to do it you know is uh, if you are exposed to it every single day every single week uh, then yes you can start you can start to build up your uh, uh, your um, uh, your skill set pretty quickly and you can you know people can stop at whatever level they want if they're comfortable just doing singles fine just do singles send the rest out to other people you know yeah agreed so yeah mindset confidence self-belief you've got to believe in yourself you're not going to believe in yourself, nobody will. You've got to believe yeah. that you're capable of doing that level of work. You might yeah. not be capable today, but you've got to believe that you will get there. So work on your mindset, have the confidence in yourself and your ability. Don't be overconfident, but have confidence in yourself that you, you can develop the skill and have that self-belief. And then yeah. start and remember foundations, stepwise progression. I think one of the things that people sort of overlook that one of the real skills of an experienced clinician is what case to treat and what not to treat. Yes. Yeah. That is one of the key skills. And as you get more experienced, you're really skilled and not treating particular patients yeah. and particular, you know, sort of anatomical variants or particular challenges. May that be clinical or psychological with a patient that's a real skill as a, as a clinician. Yeah. We're always on a path to learning to get better at that because yeah. continuously make mistakes. You think, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't yeah. have done that. Yeah. 
<laughs> Reflection is a very powerful tool, isn't it? So yeah, really important. Yeah. So, Fran, you've got a you've got a blog, haven't you, on your website, which is franahmed.com, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So, drfranahmed.com. Uh, I have a blog. I just like to write random thoughts, very much based around mindset and a, some some clinical, but mostly sort of mindset and personal development. I also uh, have a couple of online implant programs that, that bring you into my sort of mentoring program, uh, and that's mm-hmm. where I can be found. And then I'm on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. And LinkedIn. Yep. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the critical ones, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, so if anybody's uh, interested in, in, in following Fran or, or reaching out to him, that, that, those were his details. Uh, I mean, I, for me today, you've solidified what I – what I believe myself is the correct, well, there is no correct way to get into implants, but the mindset that you need getting into it. Uh, for example, now I'm starting my journey into being trained for uh, zygomatic implants. And at the moment is I, I just spend every spare minute reading about zygos. I read papers. I've read Aparizio's book. I've done Aparizio's course. I've done cadaver courses. I'm preparing myself so that when I start the practical, I, I've, I've, I've assisted with quite a few cases, about 50 cases. I've, uh, I've done uh, three or four cases under the guidance of somebody. I've done a couple myself as well. But I'm now kind of like at the point where I'm ready to really springboard. And I have that mindset, as you mentioned a few minutes ago, that you know what, for me, there is nothing that's going to stop me learning this and becoming proficient at it, purely and simply because it's a natural progression of my career. It's something that I want to learn to do. I'm prepared to put in the time. I'm prepared to put in uh, the, the, the money towards education, and I'm prepared to put in the money towards equipment as well. And that 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 is just what I want to do at the moment. So it, 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 it it's reassuring to me to hear that I've got the right mindset <laughs> For this so thank you very much for that no my pleasure thanks Mark. i really appreciate this chat it's been great yeah fran you've been great um i'll i'll, I'll hopefully speak to you uh, speak to you soon and yeah. i'll let you know once this uh, once this episode's up as well so awesome. thanks everybody for listening and i've i hope you've learned something i'll thanks. speak to you soon thanks, everybody. take care stay safe thanks mate take care bye-bye